0: It's time for The V Show, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Bobby V. So let's take care of some business first. That's what I do at the beginning. It does not mean it's the most important. In fact, it defies the laws of newspaper writing or radio show you're supposed to lead with your biggest story. This is so not the biggest story. But it doesn't matter because if I don't do it at the beginning, then I forget Yesterday's show we were talking about it was we wanted a Wednesday and we were talking about the invention of certain toys. And then we got onto certain things that came from Louisville and a right. guy wrote me and said Cabbage Patch dolls. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And then I'm watching the show, which many of you've watched some of these. We want to know Wednesdays. You already know, because if you've watched the same series I was watching, it's the toys that shaped America or something like that. Watch the Power Rangers one last night. OK, well, they had the one about Cabbage Patch dolls and what a crazy story that is. This guy who's still alive. Named Xander Roberts became a multimillionaire because of the Cabbage Patch dolls, but I did not realize that the person who sent me this was, I didn't know what they were talking about because I'd never heard that before. I knew it was down in Georgia that they, uh, that they you know really made its, its way, but um, it, it, was, it was invented, the doll itself was invented here in Louisville. Really? really? Yeah, it was a a, a a woman who went to the University of Louisville Art School, Art and Design School, I guess, and then um, in Berea, you know, which has a really big active arts community, um, they they had uh, uh, she started selling them at shows around town, and and uh, and this guy named. Um, uh, Xavier Roberts, I guess his name is, he uh, was at one of the shows and he bought one, the Cabbage Patch Kids. He bought one and he said, I'd like to sell it at my gift shop down in Georgia. And so he started selling them down there and he, to his credit, and he does deserve some credit for this, he really turned it from a a, uh, um, a you know, a little like kind of artsy thing into a mass produced multi-jillion dollar thing. But the woman's name was Martha Nelson. She she Sold these things called doll babies. She handmade all of them. And she really did have a great affection for them and, you know, t- treat them like little babies. They weren't perfect. She didn't want them to be perfect. She wanted them to be like real babies. He bought them. He brings them down there. He's selling them in his gift shop. And then he writes our letter, which keep this in the back of your mind, because he says to her, because uh, uh, he, she doesn't want him to sell them anymore, essentially. She's getting some second thoughts. And he writes back, I'm going to sell these dolls whether you make them or not which is very important, you need to remember that. So he invites her down. I think this is, I'm giving it to you in bad chronological order, because I, I think he wrote this letter after he invited her down to be at an art fair they were having at the park where he ran the gift sh- shop. So she is selling her dolls there, and she goes into the gift shop, and he's selling the dolls that she's selling cheaper than, he, than she's selling them. He well, said, so he's, he's undercutting. He's undercutting her, and he invited her there, and she's like, what the hell did you ask me here for to undercut these things? So she writes the letter and tells him, we're not going to do this anymore, and he writes back, so I'm selling these dolls, and again, whether you make them for me or not, and that's what's important. Because what happens is he finds an old abandoned a doctor's office, and it's still there, by the way. It's called the Cleveland something or other, and he and it became a tourist attraction. You probably read about it if you didn't see it. You used to go there, and you didn't just buy a doll. They there's an old Southern saying: that "The babies come from cabbage patches." So they had these cabbage patch rooms set up, and they would go in there, and they would take a doll out of this one of these cabbage patches and then you would give it to the person and then you'd get a, a a a birth certificate and adoption papers for it then they all had names and was, they actually opened one in new york city i bought one for your mother as a gift one time but don't know where the doll is now sadly well they i'm a very bad cabbage patch parent evidently, but um it was very. I, think succ- I know where it is. Do you? Yeah, well, it, we had a whole room of them. Yeah, we did. It was very. Well, that's another story, which I can tell very quickly. It's very. It was very successful. Um, the the uh, the people came from all around. They were selling all sorts of dolls, and then he was trying to figure out a way. Well, it's great if you got if you live in within a hundred miles of. Of Cleveland, Georgia, I guess is what it's called. But what about if you want to do it nationally? So he went to Coleco who was making video electronic stuff, basically. Yeah, the little football game. And they decided to try and get into some other things. And so he he got somebody to make uh, the you know the, these dolls were all hand sewn. They were they were um, I forget the term for them, um, but they're 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 not hard. there's nothing there's no hard surfaces on them. They're they're it's stuffed and it's it's sewed. It's a sewn face, sewn hands, sewn everything, and uh, they they were hand sewn by the the, the woman here, Martha Nelson, and um, so he had somebody down there make them as well. But there's no way he's going to be able to hand sew all these dolls if he's going to sell them on the level he wants to. So Calico goes and they place an order. They get them done in a Chinese factory or something, and they have no idea what they've gotten themselves into. It was. I, it, if you didn't live through it, you have no idea how crazy the world came for Cabbage Patch Dolls. I remember it. I remember hearing about it. There was the a guy, was. Was his kid, before my time. kid wanted one for Christmas. He heard they were available in London. He jumped on a plane, flew to London to try and get one there. They were literally selling out before they could get them on the floor in the stores. They went through hundreds of thousands in, like, hours, and he became a millionaire. But so she was like, you know, stop doing. This so she got a cease and desist. She got a lawyer. It went back and forth. By this point, she has children. She's just decided she's had enough of this. And so there was some settlement. I don't know how much she got. but They settled it. And um, and uh, uh, he still he uh, then Coleco hit some bad times and uh, they went bankrupt and they sold the rights to the game to the dolls to Hasbro, who in turn sold them to Mattel, who in turn sold them to Toys R Us, who in turn sold them to Play Along, who in turn sold them to Jack Specific, who in in turn to sold them to Wicked Cool Toys, who owns the rights to them right now. So there you go. There's the story. But they were, in fact, invented here in Louisville. They really were. I did not we know this. You want to know Wednesday? Mar- we Martha Nelson to was, want to has Wednesday. passed away. We but, uh, want to know Wednesday. She, I know. She, she called them Little People. He called them something else Babyland General Hospital in Cleveland, Georgia. Well, so there, there, I know there's like a. When
1: I typed in Cabbage Patch Louisville, there's like the Cabbage Patch House. Yeah, there's, that's like a. That.
0: a um, what is that for? I don't. I don't even know unwed mothers. I think it is um, for for well for children, youth, families. Uh, I'm not sure what they do. I, I, to be quite candid, isn't that terrible? But I know that they've been very successful and they do a um, uh, bunch of things for for youth, recreation, youth development, education, counseling, family development, all those things. I know we we promote them in the basketball games all the time. They do great work, but I, I didn't understand the the significance of the name. Now I do, knowing that they were. Invented here in Louisville. So the guy who sent me that yesterday that I dismissed, not out of arrogance, but out of ignorance, I did not know that part of the history. I'm watching the show last night. And all of a sudden, you know, they start all the segments with like the city where the origin of the story is. And here it comes on big letters on the screen. Louisville, Kentucky. And I was like, what in the world is that? And there it was the origin of uh, Cabbage Patch dolls. So thank you, Texter, for calling that to my attention. Great story. Xander Roberts is still alive. There's people who are... Um, a little mad at him they think he kind of stole her idea but he did bring a lot he, he, he had a different she wanted to be basically a crafts person and he wanted to be a walt disney he wanted to be a big business man there you go can we get some more people to interrupt the show anybody else want to get in there i saw james now drew anybody else
1: anybody no, else phil phil's outside he's uh, looking at some. okay I don't know. so i can think they're looking in? for phil can he
0: come interrupt us also no
1: they're, they're looking through the big window who is people okay bosh and drew so why don't they no, they did not cross the threshold so, so the, the the bowling thing did not go up James is the only one Okay, and he was asking if you wanted Tanner Drew's close <laughs> just beep close. there it is no, Tanner Tanner uh, James was wondering if you wanted Tanner on the board and me in there with you How? what's the temperature in there because I'm having it's much like, more comfortable in here. I'm having like half flashes yeah, <laughs> yeah then you
0: should come in here because I turned I turned the thing off and it's it'll be comfortable until it gets oh, there we go there's one of the great statements it'll be comfortable until it gets uncomfortable again then we'll have to turn that thing on, and it'll make us get comfortable for a few minutes, then it'll get uncomfortable the other way. Right now, it's very comfortable. Okay, you and I don't make small adjustments frozen when it comes. No, it's to- not us. It's the way that the thing blow. Whoever decided that it would be a good idea to have that thing blow directly on the host. It's like doing a show driving 60 miles an hour with the top down in a convertible. So there's that. All right. So we got that going. So we, we took care of business there. So thank you for letting me know that. It's a great story. Um, very cool. My, my Cabbage Patch story I've told before very quickly is this. In the midst of all that, I've always been a guy who's had, you know, not much of a, a business sense. And uh the people losing their minds over these dolls. And I'm, I, for one some inexplicable reason, I had the Wall Street Journal this day. I don't know why. I was looking for something to read. And and there's a classified ad That says, 20 Cabbage Patch dolls for sale brand new $1,000 and now the people were paying $150 $200 $250 I was like oh my god this is it this is my windfall so I send $1,000 which was like scraping together every nickel I have and the guy sends me the 20 cabbage patch dolls and I kid you not in the time between when I placed the order and they got to my home which at that time was still on Long Island uh, I saw in USA today like two days later the headline Line in the article was Cabbage Patch Mania over? question mark. Wah, wah. So I got these dolls, sold like four of them at cost. $50. And I think somewhere there's 16 of them still sitting in a box somewhere. They're very cute. Mm, great. Good investment. It was your college right there. 16 dolls sitting in a box. No, we tried, we tried the to only get people who the bought place. them were relatives of mine. that felt bad for me. He was like, yeah, I'll take it off. 50 bucks. there you go. Thanks, thanks so much. <clears throat> so there's that. All right, um, we got great show. Dan Bonner's going to be with us. Mark Story talked to UK stuff. We're going to do this uh, now. We're going to do this right now at the top. I am going to play. People asking how much better is this year's team than last year's? If they are, well, it's a very inexact science. But there's a website called What If Sports where you can match up teams, and they usually have to wait till the season's over to get the uh, the teams matched up. So uh, I can't play this year's team per se. But what I could do is I went to Ken Palm and I took the ratings of this year's team, their offensive efficiency, their defensive efficiency, where they are in the overall ranking. And I found a team that correlates to them from last year. So this year's team at Louisville equates to last year's Pacific University team. That's They're very similar in terms of their offensive profile, their defensive profile, and their overall strength. So I put Pacific against uh, last year's Louisville team because I can't do this year's Louisville team. Season's not over. They don't have it on What If Sports yet. They wait till the season's over. You follow? So yeah, I took okay. right. I took this year's Ken Palm numbers, found a team that equated to that in last year's Ken Palm numbers, and then put that team up against last year's Louisville team. So last year's Pacific team is is equivalent to to this this year's Louisville team, team and they're taking on So here's the matchup. On a neutral court last year's Pacific team wound up 15 and 18 with a much easier schedule than Louisville's playing, so that's not way off. All right, And here's how that game plays out on a neutral site. Here we go. Hit the button right here, and the result is... Uh this year whoa 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 that's this year's team wins 85-66 they won by 19 All right, Paul, let's have a rematch. Let's hit the button again. Let's let's have them play a series. Have them play a series. We'll go best of 7. All right. Game 2 up. Last year's team comes back. Wins at 78-67. Series tied at 1. Oh, what a game. What a series we're having here. Here's game 3. Game three comes down to this year's team wins 69 60. Nice. Yeah, so uh, L. Ellis leads last year's team with 21 points, the only one in double figures. Uh, poor Mike James has to play against himself. He had seven points for
1: uh, this year's. Is team. he the only
0: one playing against himself in the starting five? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, okay, he is, yeah. Nobody else? All right, so it's two games to one right now, this year's team. Let's see where we go. Game game four is a better way to do it than just one game. Game four comes out. This year's team 74-60. So they lead it three games to one now. What's their average margin of victory? What, 14, 19? Yeah, what yeah. was the other one? Yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. I should have done that. That would have been nine. Good. It was 14, uh, 14 eight, uh, 19, and nine. Yeah, and then they lost, though, by yeah, right. by nine. Right. So wipe that one out. So it's 14 and 18. They're plus 32. 19, 14 and 19. So it's a plus 33 over uh, four games right now. So they're basically eight points better. Yeah, okay, there you go. All right, here we go. Last game. We'll see what this one does. Well, it may not be the last game if, if last year's team wins. Here we go. Oh, and they did. They sprung the upset. 74-71. It's three games to two now. And they are 30 points better over five games. So that's funny. Drew said he thought that this year's team would be five points better. Right now, they're six points better. All right. But we're not done, though, yet. Let's see. we got to go to game six. Can, can they pull it out? Can last year's team come all the way back? They'd have as many wins in this series as they had all last year, by the uh, way. Yeah, do that's it. a good point. Here we go. Here is game six. No, this year's team wallops them. 80 to 66. So that's 14 plus 30. So they're 44 points better over six games. That's uh, a a little more than seven points per game better. That's how it comes out. I think that's pretty good, actually. That's pretty accurate, I think. Not bad. And you're playing everything on neutral sites. Yeah, neutral sites. No home court advantage because they would both be playing on their same court. So there you go. So there you go. Four games to two. This year's team has won it. Let's get let's get losing Kenny Payne in, then we'll get winning Kenny Payne in. The interviews will probably sound about the same, right? Uh, Got to play hard, got to play for each other, got to show some heart,
1: got to show some fight. Who would have the home court advantage? Who had? I mean, last year they had better attendance, right? Yeah,
0: no question. At least at the beginning, right? Even though this team's a little bit better. Yeah, team is. I think that's about right. For people who ask me, I'm going to say that. I'm going to tell them we played a best of seven series. This year's team won four games to two, and on average, they were eight points better. All right. That's. I think that, that's, that's pretty. That, that's a pretty good assessment. I feel. I'm like. liking that. I'm liking that. Uh, cabbage patch dolls can pay for eight years of college oh get it that's a good oh, one that was well good. done nice
1: touche well done well played yeah you smart yeah that, yeah,
0: was good. yeah that was good that was good, that was yeah, good. A funny little sob uh, welcome to the program you get the show hey i want to welcome uh, one of our new sponsors uh our friends at the bath authority and you know if you've ever done this we had we had a home where if you renovate your bathroom i swear it's like one of the most uplifting things you can do because every day, unless you're really odd, one of the first things you do, you get up, you start your day. Where do you go? You go to the bathroom. And so when you got a nice, fresh bathroom that has got a facelift and is more functional and is new and all sorts of things, it just brings out the best in your day. And these are the guys that you're going to want to call if you want to get your house spruced up um, in the best possible way. If your bath or shower is old, outdated, has mold or mildew, broken tiles, you got to call my friends at the Bath Authority. Bath Authority provides the highest quality bathroom remodeling products along with a world-class customer experience. They have modern, durable tubs and showers with durable, exclusive high-tech polymer liner. What does that mean to you? Well, it'll be low-maintenance, resistant to mold and mildew, easy to clean, and going to last for decades. Plus, comes with a lifetime warranty. Walk-in tubs, replacement showers. You're thinking about converting a tub to shower conversion? They're your guys. You check them out. They are the ones that you're going to want to call it Bath Authority. Every unit custom built, you pick the premium accents and accessories, which is nice. That's what custom built means. They have things like low-profile showers, grab bars, shower seats. All Bath Authority products are 100% made in the USA, can be installed in as little as one day by certified factory technicians. Call today and get $1,000 off a new shower or bath, plus 36 months interest-free financing. Don't let this opportunity pass. If you've been thinking about uh, renovating your your bathroom this is the time to do it you're their priority at the bath authority and it will make a huge difference in uh, what it looks like what your experience is and basically how you start your day elevate your bathroom to a new level of luxury style and safety schedule it's a free in-home estimate and you'll get a thousand dollars off a new shower or bath plus 36 months of interest free financing find out more at bathauthority.com a better bath awaits there you go all right. Uh, missed a nine-team money line parlay again. We did it. That's why it's so hard to win. You do that even if you think 80% chance you did it. We did it yesterday with the random numbers. We got eight of the nine. Kennesaw Mountain Landis let us down. Kennesaw uh, State losing man. by six. Not at all
1: happy about that, needless to say. We did that random money line parlay of just flipping numbers. And oh, you forgot about that? Don't yeah. Tell me that one. No. Uh, it almost did, though. The heat screwed me. I got Four or five?
0: You're kidding? Yeah, we did. If you are with us, we rolled a, a dice, one six-sided die, and if it came up odd, Nick picked randomly five games. If it came five up, five NBA odd, games. Yeah, we picked the away team if it came up, even we picked the home team regardless of what the spread was. We played the spread, but we just did it that way. And four of the five won. Yeah, so he never doubt the dice. But did, did you do a did you do a Santa Claus bet too or just? uh
1: a- no, I forgot to make a Santa oh. Claus bet. Uh, I think the Heat lost money line. So, um, and I. I think we took, yeah we yeah they lost money line, um, but we took the heat to cover ten and a half. So Yikes. Memphis balled out on the road last night.
0: Yeah, well that's why in the NBA it's very tough. But us, we had. Uh, let me take a fast look just because I want to celebrate how many I got right. Because a couple of them were really close games and we got them right. But we, you know, you don't they give you they give you a nice job and you don't get your money back. yes it yes. So be like yeah, good job out of you, big deal. Uh, let's see what we got here. We had. Um, Let's see here. This should take a second. If we scan that right there. And there it is. Okay. So we had the following is what it played out as. We had High one, Troy State won. Virginia, that was one I was nervous about. But don't bet against them at home in Moneyline. They beat NC State. James Madison on the road. You convinced me about that one. And they won. American won. Bradley won. Kennesaw Mountain State. Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Went down by six and cost us a lot of money (laughs) because that was a plus 447. That's pretty good odds. Yeah. So that was a good one.
1: Yeah. Here we go. What's going on?
0: Guys are bringing in chairs. Oh, no. The interns. The interns are just James. What is he a matron D? What is he doing? (laughs) He's getting the table set for the interns. Yeah. What is he? You know, intern. He doesn't understand. He doesn't get more money for flipping tables. I mean, you know, just he's like getting this guy in. All right. Sit yourself down. We'll get you some water and you know, see if we can get that guy out. of. He's just been sitting there eating salad for an hour. (laughs) Drop the check off. Yeah. So there's that a uh, football schedule. Some quick thoughts on that? Yeah, they, they're, they're going to play a whole schedule next year. Some of the games are here. Some of the games are away. Some of the games are uh, conference games. And then there's a number that are really against teams that are not in the ACC. And you refer to those as non-conference games. Right. Yeah, that's how
1: that works out. All right, so what they got. Um, they start the season against uh
0: i saw it it 's i mean they they you know i think they'll they 'll get off to a good start again, and I think they got it i mean it 's harder obviously this year they play Clemson. um and we, and then I set myself on fire and I threw myself in front of a bus and then it was unbelievable. At that point, the guy came running down the street, buck naked, on fire. And I said to him, "I uh, I,
1: was, I heard what? everything you said. Uh-huh. Great start." The guy EKU, Jackson State, and Georgia Tech.
0: Yeah, a little yeah. Georgia Tech home now. We have to bring right. them away now. There, so that's they. You know, pretty good chance they'll start three zero. Notre won. Dame game away. Yeah, that's going to be there, – there'll be an underdog in that. Right. Well, I
1: – do you yeah. think – Oh, yeah. For sure? Yeah. Well, I mean, they do give Notre Dame some preseason love. And one of your all-time favorite things, the preseason at Oh, I know. That's the preseason good. college. Put
0: those polls in there without taking a snap. Uh, is Riley
1: Leonard still the quarterback? No, no, no. uh, is, uh Riley, Yeah, yeah. Riley Leonard is going to be the quarterback this year, I believe, right? Yeah, didn't he transfer to – Am I making that
0: up? To it's a Notre Dame. It's freaking... They're all nodding. The interns who yeah, follow yeah, yeah. such okay, things are I nodding. Thought. Yeah.
1: No, okay. That's what I thought. Sorry. I don't know why I was second-guessing myself. It is January. I just, just want to point that out. <laughs> no, I know. But it's still fun to talk about, sure. to do to do five minutes on it, so... No,
0: no. The schedule's fun. I'm just saying I don't know who the quarterback is, and I don't... Who knows? Will he be even able to play? Who knows? He might be... Will he get hurt? Will he... I don't know. They nuts. <laughs> way too early it's 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 way too early but it is now i having said that i'm not contradicting myself i do think i did the same thing everybody else did i i took a look at uh the schedule and how i think it plays out and obviously we all know this year they got a break that it was not the, the hardest schedule but and next year's is, is harder but um it is uh it's it, it still i think it shapes up okay here here we go let me let me find this bad boy here for you uh yeah, I mean they get they get three straight home games to start the year, sexy and tasty. Two of which they should be, you know, I don't know, three touchdown favorites: Austin P., Jacksonville State, Georgia Tech. After a bye week, so I got to like their chances there. First road games at Notre Dame, going to be very tough. SMU was pretty is pretty good normally, right? I mean, I'm not familiar because they're just joining our league, but they're normally yeah. pretty good, right? Yeah. But still, home game at Virginia. All sorts of goofy crap happens when they go to Virginia, doesn't it? Yeah. But that's a game they should win. Miami at home, you got to like that. At Boston College, Boston College has been on the upswing. Then at Clemson, very tough. Stanford, who knows what to get out of there when they go there. Pitt home and then at Kentucky. But you want to play... They uh, do
1: have a bye between Clemson and... They
0: get two byes. They get one between Jacksonville State and Georgia Tech. And then they get one between Clemson and Stanford, two road games. Uh, But... You know, you want, you want to play um, – let's play that. Keep, keep the schedule up there. We'll play our game. Um, I do think that Louisville, as good as they were this year, arguably is going to be better next year, right? Right, I'd agree with that. Okay, so we'll take – so I do what I, I normally don't do this till we know for sure what rosters are there. Did somebody get hurt? But we'll have some fun with it now since the schedule just came out, and it's much more fun that, to do that than be talking about um, about uh, what's going on with the basketball teams on misfortune. So, so here's what I do. I take the Sagarin ratings from this year, okay, and then we, we take um, – Uh, We we make adjustments based on if we think teams are going to be better or worse. Now, I can't speak to their opponents because I'm not as well-versed, but maybe some people we know. I don't know. I'll let you weigh in on that. But the the Sagarin ratings for this year, uh, Louisville was – Uh, Here we are. Let's do it by league rather than just go searching through the whole country here. Louisville was 79.86. History shows me that teams don't improve their Sagarin or deprove, to make my own word up, by more than about seven points. That's a lot. That's a touchdown worth. There's a lot of guys in football. So I would say they may be four points better. You want to give them five? Give them five. All yeah. right. So if you give them five, Louisville goes Ohio up to ends. yeah. Louisville goes up to eighty four point eight. Give you an idea. Florida State this year was eighty six point six. So we're asking a lot of stepping forward. But okay, I'll, let's give them eighty four. I'm not yeah. going to do the. Yeah. I'm not going to do the first two games. They should win those. Okay. Georgia Tech at home. Georgia Tech is seventy three point three. Let's say they go up three. So they're seventy six. But Louisville gets two and a half for playing at home. Louisville would be eighty six to seven. They should win by ten or eleven. Okay, so they're 3-0. What's the next game? All at, right, at next Notre up, Dame. at Notre Dame, yep. Okay, now that's going to be tough. Notre Dame was 90.7 this year. I don't think they're going backwards. So they're right, 90 not. again. They get three for playing at home. They're 93. Louisville is uh, 80, what I say? Keep forgetting the number, 86? Yes. No, 84. 84, yeah. 84, so 84 they're 93. So, so no, we, we boosted them four points, Notre right? Dame's, no, no, you're getting five. You said five, but they went from 79 to 84. So that's, so they'd be nine point underdogs at Notre Dame. So they're one, they're three and one. What's next?
1: Uh, At home uh, hosting SMU, obviously hosting. If you're at home, that was stupid.
0: All right. Uh, SMU, excuse me, came to us from uh, where the hell they come to us from. Where the hell were they? The American. Yes, they were. They were 79.26. Say they're a little better. Give everybody a three, just to make it as hard as you can. So, that's 82. Louisville's 84, plus they get three for playing at home, 87. They should be five-point favorites. Okay. So, that's not a 50-50. 50-50 is uh, uh, four or less. So, well, that's one possession. So, let's say it's a win. That's barely a win, but it's a win. So, that makes okay. them four and one. What's next?
1: Uh, on the road at UVA.
0: Okay, Virginia last year was terrible, sixty-four point eight. Even if we give them a max improvement of seven, they're only seventy-one.
1: I was going to say, please give them the max improvement because the Malokey, there's some sort of Malokey yeah. effect. No, but down still
0: there. seven, and then they get three for playing at home. that's ten more. They're still only at seventy-four. Louisville's at eighty-four. So Louisville should still win that one. So they are four and uh, four and one right now. Four and one, or five and one, five and one, five and one. Yeah. Okay, what's next? Uh, hosting Miami. Miami is uh, 75, 76. They were really disappointing this year. They could easily go up four or five points also to be honest, just because it was one of those years. They should have been better, and teams sometimes bounce back for that. All right, so you want to be bullish on them, give them four. All right, so they would they would be there at 75.9, so really 76. They'd be at 80, and Louisville would be at 84, plus two, three for playing at home, 87. So that's seven. That's still enough to make it a win, so that's now, what, five and one? Uh, six and one. Six and one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, on the road at B.C., BC goes to 70, plus three at home, 73. Louisville goes to 84. They're still 11 points better. My God, they could be, what is that now, six and one? Yeah. All right. I got no, seven and one. That's seven and well, one. Well, I also have to be fair. I, I just realized that I was using my basketball criteria not to try and backtrack, but if it's six or less, it's a 50 50 game. So the SMU game actually drops into the 50 50 category. Okay. So so they would be, fo- what would, would you just be six. Five, and one and one. five, one and one. Five, one and one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Five, All one right. and What's one. What's next? All right. Next is
1: uh, on the road at Clemson.
0: Clemson's 81, and they, say they go up three also that's 84 they get three for playing at home technically that's a three-point game that's a 50 50 so right now they're five one and two.
1: Five-one and two okay, okay. Um, now i don't know if this factors in but they have a buy yeah then they come off the buy and go to stanford
0: and i gotta find the pack two here here we go. Stanford was terrible last year. Yeah, sixty-two point seven. Even if they go up seven, which is unlikely and impossible, and they have home field advantage, they still only go up to seventy-three. So that's a win technically. So Louisville comes out as six. One and two, right? Six, one, and two, Okay, what's next? Uh, Home at Pittsburgh. Regular season home finale. Heartbreak game last year. Yes. Pitt goes to... I'm giving everybody the max just to make it as hard on Louisville as we can. So that's 71 for Pitt, but Louisville's at 84, plus they're playing at home. That's another win, so they should be uh, set... What do we have to now? Seven, one, and two, right? Seven, one, and two, yeah. Okay, what's next? And then wrapping up on the road at Kentucky. Okay. Who also... Well, no, we're missing a game. No, we're not.
1: 7-1 and 2 were...
0: That's only 10. Do
1: they play 11? Do they play How many games they play? No, they play 12. Yeah, yeah, you're right. What are we missing here? Let's see. The first three games were wins. Notre Dame was a loss. SMU was 50-50. That's so 3-1 one and 1. 3-1 one and 1. UVA was a win. 4-1 one and 1. Miami was a win. 5-1 one and 1. BC, uh, BC was a win. 6-1 one and 1. Clemson was I think 50-56
0: 1 and 2, that's nine.
1: So 7 1 and 2 was Stanford. Okay. Uh, and then Pittsburgh 8 1 and 2. So uh, And then UK eight, 1 and 2 and then UK who's doing pretty well in the transfer portal as well. Yeah. Let's see how that. But they are losing a lot of guys. Let's
0: see. Uh, scroll 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 scroll. There they are. Kentucky uh, let's say they're 80, so three at home is 83, Louisville is 84, that's a 50-50. So they're 8, 1, and 3. So they 8 wins. If you take half the 50-50s and you go 2-1, and one, then, they're, uh, then they would be 10-2. Uh, and two. If they only win one of the 50-50s, they're 9-3. and three. So that's how it plays out in my Reasonably accurate. That has been ridiculously accurate through the years, to be honest with you. Right. So, uh, like for example, what, what did Louisville wind up this year before the bowl game? They uh, they lost the bowl game, but they were what were they? they were um, 10, well, they were ten? They went up ten and three, didn't they? Ten and three. Yeah. Yeah. The the the, the little thing said nine. Yeah. Lost to UK. Lost to Pittsburgh. Yeah, lost the to, to the little thing said nine last year. So my little system. So this year says nine or ten, nine and a half, nine and a half. Well, to be fair,
1: and I, I'm not trying to poo poo on it, but it's we're not we're, we're not, not we don't identify
0: which. Well, because I really somebody are, says, are we doing the weatherman effect Well, I can get it within five degrees no, and then it's one like, game is still pretty good. But, yeah, okay. but the thing that if you want to you want to be snarky about it, like Will Wolford was, he said, well, you're not really telling us who they beat. That's true. But that's by design, because I believe during the course of a year, you generally win a game. You think you should win, lose, and you lose a game. You think you should win, so it balances out. If you have one of those years where you lose two games that you think you should have won, and you don't make it up, well, then you have one of those years like Miami, where you're all pissed off and say we should have been better than that. But uh, in the in the doing this, the numbers have come out pretty pretty close to to being on the money. So I'm liking nine and a half is my over under. That's what I would make as your if I were if I were the bookmakers, I'd go nine and a half. I like that. I think that's a good number. It's tough because I don't know how good some of these some of these teams that are down. Um, I, mean, I didn't realize how far down some of these teams were. So I don't. know. Can they possibly go up more than like seven points? Doesn't happen often, but does happen. So I don't know. Uh, but I'm still staying. It's my story, and I'm staying with it.
1: I'm gonna ask the interns real fast. Over under nine and a half wins for UFL football next year. Max. Over. He's taking the over, Matt. Over Over He was oh, a little okay. bit more More trepidatious But yeah Both of them taking the over
0: Trepidatious I don't think so a word
1: Trepidation? I don't believe it Trepidatious is. I'm No I think you're making uh, crap think up it's pretty, I'm pretty sure that's a word No I don't think so Trep It's a word Oh yeah It's a word Trepidatious A state of alarm or dread Oh well, he wasn't Oh wait no That's trepidation
0: Right Trepidatious exactly. Intrepidatious No, you're right. If, if, if this is, it's an it's an informal, it's slang. Essentially, is what it says. It's it's apprehensive or nervous, filled with trepidation. Is someone who's trepidation. right, so I but, used I it right but it's it, but slang. It's like I used ain't right. I meant you know, I meant I meant it as an, a, an um, slang for isn't. Yes, in that regard, it is, but it's not really not really a word.
1: It's that's a word. That's a word.
0: Yeah, alright. I'll give it to you. Well trepidation is definitely a word. That no, for would, sure, no. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, you said trepidatious. Trepidatious, but yeah, isn't which that just is like, kinda of like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. No, like that,
1: when you say slang, like ain't is slang. definitely not a word. Or didn't didn't they make it a word? just make words. Webster does. I think they like make official words. Like they make oh do- a word like they put that they in. They also, yeah, like selfie. I like ussy. Which is that in there now? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, ussy's good. Cons- is it fun. Merriam-Webster English? You would think that they have more English. I
0: think Merriam-Webster is well, I mean like, you know, here we go. No, we're tonight. down the rabbit hole again. Let's dive in with both feet. Alrighty. Merriam-Webster. Is that a real person? Already 2 minutes late for Merriam Webster Dan Bonner is an incorporated company and I think it's a merge it's Miriam-Webster so it's obviously I assume Noah Webster is that the origin and who the hell is Miriam some girl he hung out with
1: I don't know I just know that the what is it Ro, Ro, Roger? Roger, they do the that's thesaurus. a thesaurus they do the thesaurus who what?
0: would win Merriam-Webster or Roger? Merriam-Webster, because he's got all the words that Roger uses. They're all his already. Yeah. So Roger puts together this thesaurus. Webster's going, got it? Got it. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah but Roger has them all organized. Yeah. I feel like he, he could go
0: the distance. Why, why does it not tell you everything on the Internet tells you everything, even like cabbage patch dolls? Why do they not tell you the origin of Merriam-Webster? It's, and it's pissing me off now because I love words. Look, so, look at it during the that? commercial break, no. We're, we're late for Dan Bonner. Dan Bonner appreciates words as much as anybody. Founders George and Charles Merriam first published a small dictionary of about 4,000 words in 1843. You literally could have memorized the dictionary back wow. then. Yeah. But Noah Dick, Noah Webster was the dictionary's founding author. So as I suggested, it was a merging of Noah Webster and the George and Charles Merriam teamwork. And thus we got uh, Merriam Webster. So, and there wait, your so.
1: How many did Webster contribute? Uh, Miriam. We've already answered. The riddle's been answered. Now you can move on. No, but I'm saying like... Done? No, no, now I'm, I'm interested. Like I want to, you know, Miriam, I want to give them a shout out. They each did... 2,000 words, though. Like Noah Webster,
0: Webster was the dictionary's founding like, author, was up. one of the first American nationalists. He wrote his reference book with the express purpose of creating a single definition of American English, one that often existed at the expense of regional and cultural variation of any time, and to differentiate American English from that of British English, which is true. We all know that. There's the, there are words that mean different things here. A lift doesn't, didn't exist in American English. It's an elevator in, in Britain. So that's what he was doing to, 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 uh, to clear things up he was born in Hartford Connecticut went to Yale at 18 and uh, did his work in uh, during the time of the Revolutionary War in late 1700 1776 through 1793, 1793 right through there so he was the origin I don't know how many words he had in his uh, and then um, the Miriam company was founded in 1831 and so they absorbed the work of Webster and now you know about dictionaries. And we'll come back. ESPN 680 What about
1: Roger? Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment?
2: right here on ESPN 680 and
0: 105.7. Talked all over the guy. Talked all over him. You, did, they, you didn't hear it, though, because we, no, you, I, no, you, you did You did your I, job, I, unlike I I, yesterday when the mic was on and we were making jokes. Somebody.
1: That was Gage. That was intern Gage. He's not here. No. <laughs> why, why do you think he's not here? That's not why. He's gone. No, he's just off today. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that we should assume. He's the starting winger on the uh, upcoming Gas Bags hockey team, so no, he can't be. Oh, dear God. That's
0: enough of that. Dan Bonner, Joe he joins us. He talks some ACC basketball with the best of them. Don't want anybody kid you. You want to talk ACC basketball, you go to this man's house and he'll entertain you with tales in, in his driveway. Speaking of which, that is true, though. How long have you been covering the ACC? I mean, it's got to be 30 years. Is it more than 30 years?
2: Well, Bob, um, I hate to admit this, but this is my 44th year doing television, and I did radio for two years before that. Yowza! As a broadcaster this is my forty sixth year.
0: Good gravy. Well good for you. You wouldn't know it. You look like you still you look the same as when I met you, which is a little maddening for the rest of us. But <laughs>
2: Well, Bob, that is very kind of you to say, but the way my clothes fit would indicate that that's not the, not the situation.
0: Fair enough. Hey, um, you know, we did, it's very inexact science, of course, but you did make this point with, with, with me. I thought you might be interested in this, because you said you thought this the year's Louisville team, even though they're struggling again, was much better than last year's. And there's a way you can match teams up, obviously, hypothetically. Uh, there's a website called What If Sports, and I had to play with some things because they don't really have this year's teams up yet because the season's not over but I could kind of um, a- extrapolate ooh, some big math words there from, from some teams from last year and I put them together and they, they, I had them play a best of seven series like they were in the NBA and this year's team won four games to two and on average they were about eight or eight and a half points better than last year's team A. Do you think that's about accurate and B. Is that enough progress?
2: Well, I think it's about accurate, and uh, as far as enough progress is concerned, Bob, I don't really know the answer to that question. Uh, You know, keep in mind that when they made the coaching change, Louisville's program was in a bad way. You know, there was all kinds of NCA investigation clouds, and so when Kenny Payne got hired, not only couldn't he recruit high school kids. He certainly wasn't getting anybody out of the portal because everybody thought there'd be a long NCAA tournament ban possibly. So, uh, you know, there's progress and whether or not you think, okay, that's enough progress, I don't know. But I would just say that Louisville was in a very, very bad way, probably in my mind, worse than Pitt was when Jeff Capel took over at Pitt. And it took him a long time. And, of course, Pitt is not Louisville. And so there's much higher expectations at Louisville. And again, I'm not arguing for anybody to either keep or lose their jobs, but I think that you have to concede that Louisville is much better this year than they were last year.
0: All right, fair enough. Having said that, the league is arguably not much better. I mean, it's a down it's down a bit, and and that's not taking anything away from this next statement, but I'll get your thoughts. I mean, Carolina is the best team in the league, and it's not close, Dan, right? Or would you see something else?
2: No, I, I, I would agree with the second part of your statement, but in terms of the league being down, I would vehemently disagree. With really? That. Wow, okay. All right. I think that the perception of the league being down is based upon the metrics that we use, particularly the net. And the net is an unbelievably flawed uh, metric. And uh, it, it's, it's almost totally based on margin of victory. And so you can, you, you can go out in the non-conference portion of the schedule and you can be, build a really good net playing bad teams. And if everybody else in your conference does that, When you get into conference play, everybody's got a really good net, and so the needle doesn't move very much. And I'll give you an example. In last night's NC State at Virginia game, they were talking about NC State's tournament chances, and they put up a graphic that said, here's NC State's remaining quad one opportunities in the ACC. And there was like eight games but seven of them were on the road. Mm. And it's hard to get a win on the road of any kind, but particularly a win on the road against a team that would be a quad one win. There was only one win, and that was the Duke game, where you could win at home if you were NC State and get a quad one win. And so I just think the whole thing is flawed, and I think that's why the ACC, they got the reputation of being down. I mean, good heavens, the last two years, that's been the reputation. And one of the teams that the metrics hated was Miami, and you know, they went to the Final Four. True. Uh, Good point. So I just think I just think the ACC is much much better than the metrics say, and I think the ACC being down is a flawed statement. All
0: right. Well, I don't know if you've seen every team already in person, but I know you've seen most of them. So, who do you think is undervalued? I mean, I have a game Saturday. Uh, I don't know which game are you doing next. I don't think you're at this one. Do you don't have you don't have North Carolina and Florida State Saturday, do you? Where are you going?
2: No, no. Uh, well, I have. Uh, NC State and Syracuse. Oh, well,
0: you have got a good one too. But I've got I'm um, going down to Tallahassee, and I don't know something about Leonard Leonard Hamilton. It seems like when teams when people write him off is when he does his best work. I mean, weren't they picked pretty far down in the preseason poll? And right now they're alone in second
2: place in the league. Well, they were pretty, picked pretty far down, Bob, and I think that's part of the problem with the way we measure things. We build in certain assumptions, and then we're stuck with those assumptions. And Florida State didn't help. Themselves or the ACC losing to South Florida, losing to Lipscomb, losing to SMU. Uh, but they, they're a team. They were missing some guys, they had guys hurt. And I think finally they've got everybody they want. And they finally are putting it together. They're playing the way they want to play. They're playing really well. And I wouldn't exactly agree with the statement I heard Jim Beheim make on the air the other day, where he said, oh, Florida State, you know, they couldn't beat anybody, and now they're beating everybody. So that's not exactly accurate. But this is a team that has put things together. They're playing very well. I mean – they were, they were better than North Carolina for 30 minutes in Chapel Hill. So, you know, I think this could be a very difficult game for North Carolina uh, if Florida State plays the way they've been playing.
0: Who is, if we just, again, if you're listening to us, just accept it for right now that Carolina is, quote, unquote, the best team in the league. Who's the biggest threat to them, though? Is it Duke? I mean, because they've been playing unhealthy for so long. If they get all their pieces, you would think that would be the logical choice. But what are your thoughts on that?
2: I would agree with that, Bob. I think that Duke has the the firepower and the depth and the talent to challenge North Carolina, Uh, but they have to get healthy. And that's that's a big if, you know, are they ever going to get healthy Every time? They seem to get one guy better. They get another guy hurt. Yep. And so uh, that's part of the equation, too. And you can't get too far behind, you know, if North Carolina continues to win and Duke continues to not be healthy and they lose a couple of more games here. Then in terms of the regular season, nobody's going to catch North Carolina. Uh, but are they going to be healthy by tournament time? You know, who knows? Uh, but I, I just think it's a very, very competitive league. And I think the, the you know, when I do a game, I tell them I don't want to see Joe Lenardi's stuff because I just think that he's, uh, you know, his I, I don't like the way he goes about things, but he's basing it all on the metrics that we use. And, you know, I just think the metrics are flawed.
0: That's fair enough. Uh, talking to Dan Bonner here with us. But again, so I'm not trying to make you Joe Linardi here, but let, leave the metrics out of it. Let's just be two guys talking. Who do you think, how many teams do you think they get in the tournament? And you got any idea how far down in the standings they go? Because you make the point 100% accurately. You want a competitive league? I got your competitive league right here. I mean, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams that are 500 or better in the league. And everybody in the league, except for the bottom three teams, have overall winning records, so there's a lot of comparity and a lot of of, of, of very competitive teams in here. How deep do they go?
2: Well, you know, what most of the quote-unquote experts have, and I don't put myself in that category because I don't study this the way other people do. Uh, I just look at teams and, you know, but I, I, you know, certainly I think North Carolina and Duke and Clemson, I would agree that they, you know, they, They look to me like NCAA tournament teams. Uh, I would have said Miami earlier, but Miami is really having a hard time guarding people. Uh, You know, you can't beat everybody 95 to 94. Uh, I think that, you know, I wonder about Virginia. They're playing better right now, but I wonder if they can continue that. I certainly think Wake Forest is a team That has a tremendous amount of potential, particularly now that they have Monsanto back. They didn't know when they were going to get him back, uh, but now he's back. And, you know, I know they got smoked the other night, but I still think of Wake Forest as a team that is an NCAA tournament team. Uh, I don't think you can dismiss Florida State. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's fair to say, okay, they didn't play well in the non-conference season, and so no matter how well they play in the conference season, they can't get into the tournament. I've seen them a couple of times, and they look like an NCAA tournament to me, team to me. And I'm not Joe Lamarty, but I've I've done 38 NCAA tournaments, and I think I know what an NCAA tournament team looks like.
0: How about a team that you're getting ready for? I'm intrigued by. I think he's done a heck of a job. Very difficult to follow legends when you're that guy. And Syracuse, as always, again, they're great at home. They're nine and one at home, but they're 13 and six, and they are uh, 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 at 500, I think, in the league. Right? Yeah, they're four and four in the yeah. league. Yeah. Well, as you get ready for their game this weekend, what do you see out of the Orange?
2: Well, you know, I think that in this day and age, and you and I have talked about this many times over the years, but you have to have really good guard play, and they do. Uh, I think Judah Mintz has been a revelation. Uh, Not that he was bad last year. He wasn't, but he was very inconsistent, and Mm -hmm. of course he was a freshman last year but his ability to keep the defense back on their heels. Uh, I mean, he shoots more free throws than anybody. Uh, but his ability to keep the defense back on their heels, to get inside defenses, to kick it out for shots. And I think Starling has really developed as well. He's still not a great three-point shooter. But when you have two guys in the backcourt like that, I think that makes you a threat. Their game against Florida State, where the Seminoles just wore him down, I think is an indication of their Achilles heel. You have to have more than those two guys. That Syracuse has had success this year when they've gotten contributions from Malik Brown, when they've gotten contributions from... Chris Bell. Uh, And they have to have that. They can't just rely on those two guards.
0: You know, it's weird. I mean, going into the game uh, against uh, uh, Florida State, uh, they had been, Syracuse, that is, had been shooting the three pretty well. And then all of a sudden at home, they go and lay a one for 14 clunker. That'll get you beat by 16. That's just an aberration.
2: Are they a decent shooting team over all the orange from what you've seen? Well, I think, I think they shoot the ball pretty well. I think they're at least adequate. You know, they're not fabulous or anything, but I think if you're going to rely on three-point shots and you're playing against guys who are all six feet eight and above and are switching everything, then it's hard to get that three-point shot off. Uh, And Florida State just presents a lot of defensive challenges. Their problem is that You know, they are not particularly good shooters. They get the green kid, uh, and he's somebody who is a very consistent and very good three-point shooter. And the Spears kid, I guess, is coming on a little bit. He wasn't available of that double transfer restriction but he is now and he's gradually playing his way into that rotation but Florida State they've got so many guys that they play they play 11 guys I know. and it seems like all of them are like six-six with long arms yes. they love to run and they love to rebound <laughs> and uh, you know how do you play against that unless you can take the ball and get it to the basket and Syracuse did that for three quarters of the game but I think finally Minson Starling just got worn down well, uh, it should be. Uh,
0: we will be picking your brain because of, uh, one thing I'm certain, it's going to be a very interesting month and a half in the ACC. There, I don't think anybody's going to be bored. There's going to be very close games and surprising games. And, you know, uh, Joe Lenardi or no Joe Lennardi, there's going to be teams that are be looking very closely at uh, the conference standings and the national picture because they are going to be wondering, are they getting in? Are they not getting in? Speaking of that, by the way, where do you yeah. think the league is with the additions uh, next year in, in Stanford and, uh, and Cal and SMU in terms of basketball. Hurting, helping, or neutral? What do you think?
2: Uh, you know, I don't know that it helps particularly. I don't know that I can say that it'll hurt. But those are not teams that right at the moment are basketball powerhouses. Uh, and the ACC's problem from a national perspective is the fact that there's, you know, I mean, there's 15 teams in the league. And so there are going to be some teams that, you know, you're going to have a bottom tier of teams. And I'm not sure that adding those three teams – you're not adding teams that will automatically be in the top tier, and I don't think the ACC needs any more teams that are going to, you know, have everybody say, "Wow, they're no good, look at their neck, uh, so that if they happen to beat somebody in conference play, then that's a disaster for whomever they play. So the best I can say is neutral. I I don't think it will be a help particularly for the ACC standing in national eyes.
0: Dan, you're the best, buddy. Take care of yourself. Travel safe. And I will uh, talk to you, hopefully, in the not-too-distant future. Thanks again.
2: Okay. Thank you, Bob. You take care of yourself as well.
0: All right, buddy. Thanks. Dan Bonner. No, he's no, he good. No, he good. This is true. Brother. I put a tweet on. This is absolutely true. I know it's going to sound like I'm making this up, but I'm not. 3.30 last night, walking out of a sound sleep. I have, and, again, I understand. You already think I'm a, a whack-a-mole. This is going to only add to it. Like like that thing in Times Square, you know, where the news goes across, kind of, although I didn't actually see it. Right. I wake up, and one after another—I <laughs> don't know. I'm almost embarrassed to say this. One after another— Light-hitting, slick-fielding middle infielders from the 1960s flash right in front of my eye. They're all going by. Mark Belanger, Gene Michael, Bud Harrelson, Dow Maxville, Bobby Wine. All, no idea. I mean, people with insomnia wake up and count sheep. I count all glove, no stick middle infielders from 60 years ago. Don't know. I, I wish I were making that up, but I swear to. And they make it worse. And here's the part that's worse. Now I started to go franchise by franchise to see who I was missing. Because I was so like, I missed Eddie Brinkman, how I missed him playing for the Washington Senators. It's just um, different. So did you ever get back to
1: sleep? Because I woke up at like 2.40. Not really. And I never really got back. No, to sleep.
0: I didn't either. So I was a night bowling I, could be interesting.
1: Yeah. Like, so. No, I mean, like, did you? Get any sleep?
0: I, I, I don't remember. Because
1: I'm not exaggerating. I, no,
0: I, I, I like think no I fell sleep. back asleep like when most people were up for work. I Obviously, we don't go until noon, so I maybe fell asleep like at 8.30 for like an hour okay then got up and showered but so I you're also
1: dealing with like similar levels of insomnia than I am today
0: That but that but why I'm talking about the minute I opened my eyes that made no sense I wasn't like having a dream I was at a game or something all of a sudden I opened my eyes and Mark Belanger, Bud Harrelson, Don it was unbelievable. and then I started wondering some guys like should Don Kessinger be on that list I don't know I think he hit better than that it's unbelievable and of course that started a bunch of a chain now every sending me names of how could you leave out you know this guy how could you leave out Tito Fuentes how do you Leave out this guy. That's um, that is the one thing. Basically, you can love baseball, hate baseball, but that's what you have. Mike, your friend and mine, when you were a little you used to call him Uncle Mike. Mike Casilio worked at one of the most prestigious law firms in Washington D.C. for a long time. And uh, they had a PA system, you know, that you would if if somebody was coming to meet one of their lawyers because it was a big law firm, they would announce, you know, like um, um, Nick Valvano waiting in reception. Nick Valvano, please. And then if you were the lawyer, you know, he was your client. You knew you had to go meet him. So it was late. It was after real business hours. And one guy said, you know, like um, Pee Wee Reese waiting in reception. Pee Wee Reese waiting in reception. And obviously he wasn't. And so every other lawyer in there, they were all big baseball fans, started going down the Brooklyn Dodgers roster. And obviously the challenge was when you got past Pee Wee Reese and Roy Campanella and Gil Hodges and Duke Snyder, you know, guys would bring, Call Farrello, guys would bring it up like the third string backup right fielder, you know, the the, the, the and that was... Well, like the all-time or was no? Dodger nineteen fifties Brooklyn Dodgers. Oh, I mean, that's, oh, okay, all right. It, but that's the thing. It went without saying. saying. Jackie Robinson. Yeah, he, I'm sure he was one of the first ones mentioned, but, you know, uh, when, when uh, um, who was the other guy so I was trying to think of, like, because uh, that was the thing, the great source of pride when you when you uh, could come up with a name that were like, every, you know, around here because, Pete, we played on the same old baseball fans or very old listeners. I mean, I wasn't even born then, but if you were lucky enough to remember that team, you'd remember a lot of those names, you know, Gil Hodges, Roy Campanella, Duke Snyder, Jackie Robinson, Carl Farrello. but then, you know, in when when a guy was bringing up uh, uh, George Shotgun Chuba or, or <laughs> you, know, that's, oh, that's, you know those are the ones you know uh, bringing up Bob Milliken the pitcher you know that's uh,
1: that was my yeah. and the guy's okay.
0: like oh yeah all right good yeah well so done. that's yeah so that's what I had today people sending me middle and mostly middle infielders that that uh, because that's how the game was back then. I mean, you know, you you played guys, especially at shortstop, that as long as they could field, you batted them eighth, and they couldn't they couldn't hit their weight. But uh, I but that oh that's irrelevant. Why I would wake up to that, I literally have no idea. I don't have any clue. But um, I mean, I guess it could be worse. I could have woken up to, you know, uh, 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 what was his name, Richard Desalvo, and uh, you know, you know he has the. the they were all mass murderers. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, was his name Richard DeSalvo? It's terrible, I remember that, but... Dickie Sal, as they called him. No, they didn't. You're making the crap up. Totally making that up. DeSalvo was the Boston Strangler. Albert DeSalvo. Yeah, yeah. it could be worse. He was not... No, yeah, yeah. so if you wake up to that, or... Uh, how many... How many, How many? many? Isn't that sad, but how many mass murderers can you name?
1: <laughs> uh, son of Sam.
0: Can't understand what's his real name.
1: Don't know. Sam.
0: His name was yeah, I think, David I don't Berkowitz. Know. Oh, okay. I went Albert DeSalvo, And then the guy who strangled all those Chicago nurses, uh, Richard Speck. And that's, I mean, I'm almost not happy I remember this, but yeah, I, f- all these guys scared the crap out of me when I was little, which is kind of ridiculous. The guy was in Chicago strangling nurses. Why would I care? I'm on Long Island. I'm a kid, but I was convinced all these guys were coming for me next. There's no doubt about it. They Sick. were all going, we're finding a little chubby kid who loves Stratomatic, and we're going to take him apart piece by piece. We'll show that guy. So, yeah, not good. Not good. Who is that guy? David who Berkowitz. was the clown? The guy was a clown? No, the one guy was
1: a clown. Macy or something? Oh, John yeah. John Wayne
0: Gacy. John Gacy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Him, and then who is the... Charles Manson. That's about all I got. John Gacy.
0: John Gacy's former apprentice speaks out. An American serial killer and sex offender tortured and murdered at least 33 young men and boys and would he did dress up like a clown though right didn't he wasn't that his yeah, thing that was kind of his thing kind of ruined clowns for a while at least uh, yeah, now whatever. they got that jackass on long island that guy That. Did you see that guy? You know, they, no, they found all these like this. women's bodies on, uh, I think it's called Gilgo Beach. Um, not that far from where we used to live. I mean, not like, whoa, right next door. But it was, you know, easily drivable for about 15, 20 minutes. And I guess this guy was, I mean, you just don't know. He was a very respected uh, uh, business person. He was an architect. He was married. He had kids. And his wife and his kids went away to visit relatives or something. When they were away, he would find on... Um, on social media, posting sex workers and meet up with them and kill them. And uh, uh, I don't know how many there are. They don't even know if they found them all yet. But uh, it's the Gilgo Beach Killer. His name is uh, Rex. I don't know how you say it. Ewerman. H e u e r m a n n. Rex Ewerman pretty wait, so they, they stopped him oh they caught him finally yeah oh, okay he's in, he's waiting i I think he's waiting for trial i don't think he's it's even come to trial yet but he's but does he even know how many he's done i again i'm not this isn't to true crimes i don't know i'm just i'm doing a very surface level of the topic i don't that
1: know. always freaks me out when they're like i don't know how many could be 10
0: could be 12 that's a lot sadly there's dozen i don't it's, know it's very very it's, very, very a lot even scarier. Yeah, very sad. All right, uh, on that happy note, hope you're enjoying your lunch. Um, yeah. I don't have any, Oh, I do have things to read. You know, I need the, 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 since I was instructed, as we all were here at ESPN 680 I was instructed that we should be reading here on ESPN 680 the promo sheets. And I believe uh, we have some promo sheets for uh, ESPN 680 I think, don't we? I thought we did. Uh, Let's see if I can find. Yes, it's in your email. Here it is. Here's one from Avery. I'll start start printing them. Avery uh, says, here, Bob, is your promo sheet for ESPN 680-1057. And it is uh, tonight, Bellarmine basketball at North Florida, 615 on ESPN 680-1057. Then Louisville women's basketball against the BC Eagles, 630 on 93.9 The Ville. So we got plenty of... of, of, uh, of live basketball action. Thanks to Adam and his staff for dropping off Wing Zone catering to the ESPN uh, Louisville studios. Perfect for your next tailgate. Try the new chicken sandwich. Uh, order, order online at wingzone.com. Three area locations here in Metro Louisville. What is this, though? What is this? Whoa. We need a break. No, but this is breaking news for all you people who like fantasy football. Did you know they're cheating in fantasy football now? Is nothing sacred? An employee for fantasy football website has been fired for being involved in a cheating scandal during the prestigious NFL playoffs tournament with a six-figure draft prize. If there's money involved, somebody's trying to figure out a way to get it illegally. There you go. Nothing is just, oh, that feels good, what a cool story. Oh, fantasy. But, but how Little did he tommy cheat is what I want to know. It's a woman, I think. How did she cheat? Uh, let's see. Uh, we we revealed a post-deadline move. So I guess they were adjusting rosters after the game started. Oh, okay, yeah. So that guy's caught two touchdown passes. Hey, all of a sudden, I ha- how did he know to start that guy? That's unbelievable. Right, right, okay. That, that makes, makes sense. sense. Unbelievable. Sports Hub is the parent company for the National Fantasy Football Championship, and they, uh, they it's a $150,000 first prize, and so somebody... Um Pete Overzet is a 36-year-old experienced fantasy football player said they found the issue while attempting to differentiate their roster from the lineup of the contestant in question. This is again, you got to be uh, you got to be somebody who's down in the weeds. He says it wouldn't have stood out unless you were int- intimately familiar with how our contest works. It's incredibly damaging to the fantasy industry. Yeah. Yeah. So, that is the one thing I will say. About the big companies getting involved in online sports wagering, you have a pretty good idea who you picked, right? I mean, so you're not getting screwed out of your money like yesterday. Right. I, I, I had Joel Embiid with the seventy-point game. Well, suddenly woke up today and they gave me they gave me Scotty Barnes. What the hell is that? How'd that happen? You know, that's uh, that's not a good thing. So, uh, so there's that. All right. Well, what are we doing? Taking a break, and then uh, we got nothing. But then we also have our, uh, maybe we'll see if we have time for a spontaneous parlay. And then Mark Story joins us a little bit later. Yep. All right. So that's quite a day here. And you might be coming in here or not. We're not sure yet?
1: Yep. I'll come in in there. Oh,
0: what a day we're having. ESPN 680, 105.